welcome back to Podcast Room 303, episode 114. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morahan. And as always, we have with us EPE. How are you doing this evening, Nick? I would like to start this podcast, episode 114, with a reading of my men's league baseball stats. In 18 plate appearances, I have two hits, both singles, four RBIs, two runs, four walks, and eight strikeouts. For those of you at home that can't do quick maths, that's a 143 average. On the other side of the ball, I'm our team's current closing pitcher. I've pitched five and two-thirds innings. I have faced 29 batters. I have given up six hits and three runs, all of them earned. One save, though, and one opportunity. For those of you at home, that's 100% save percentage. No losses, by the way. Uh, Six walks, four strikeouts, one hit by pitch. Batting average against me, 273. Overall ERA, 477. <laughs> A lot of season left, boys. <laughs> that is a serviceable prospect, ladies and gentlemen. So in MLB The Show, on the, on the grading scale, right? Hall of Famer, superstar being the highest. Where does that project you? serviceable minor leaguer (laughs) (laughs) yo you you just you're the definition of showing up to get paid bro i'm just here so i don't get fined listen i my team has not put me in many save situations in the save situations that i'm in i've converted and it was a two inning save by the way So sometimes with relievers, you pitch such few innings that the runs you do give up are magnified. The six walks needs to change. And the hitting, I play every game. So 143 is just not acceptable. Just get the ball and play, kid. Just got to get the ball and play. And the eight strikeouts and 18 plate appearances. I mean, the, the scouts hate to see that. I don't know why I continue to play men's league baseball. It might, my arm hurts. My elbow hurts. My shoulder hurts. If I actually throw, like if I actually like try and throw, I can't sleep normally that night. Like I have like broken up sleep because my arm hurts so bad. Like, well, like what do I think is going to happen? Like there's just going to be a dude driving past the field. He's like, oh my God, who's that erratic lefty throwing 75 miles per hour and hitting 143 in men's league? The Yankees need him. We've all seen the movie The Rookie. That's what we, you're that's what you're waiting for. Yeah, but the rookie was back in a time where nobody threw hundred miles per hour. Now everybody throws hundred miles per hour. Nobody wants a Jamie Moyer. That's 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 my player comp. Jamie Moyer. For for the record, ladies and gentlemen, when Nick says everybody throws one hundred miles per hour, he does not mean him. Everybody in the major leagues throws one hundred miles per hour. Yeah, just just had to clarify, because if he was throwing hundred his ERA would not be four seven seven. Yeah, and that one hit bad pitch might also be like one hospitalization. <laughs> That's right. I have though my stat. My st- I'm leading the league, and this has been confirmed. I am leading the league in broken bats. I have broken four bats in five and two thirds innings. 
as the pitcher, correct? This as is the pitcher. you storming off after one of those eight <laughs> okay, strikeouts. Okay, five bats. <laughs> okay, we, we so want the I, comprehensive pitching, stat. Pitching, I have broken four bats. Last game after my second strikeout, I broke one bat on offense. All right, so for those of you listening who wanted an update on Nick's uh, current baseball outings, there you have it. Let's check in with EPE. How are you doing this evening, E? Doing good. I'm actually a little excited after hearing Nick's uh, baseball stats. I know he's going to be out here visiting in uh, September, and I'm thinking I can hit off of that. Maybe we put a little money on it. Go There's to the... no chance. <laughs> Dang. The gauntlet has been thrown. Is this happening? Yeah, oh, it's yeah, it's happening. There's no, there's no chance he touches anything. I the the the, the season. I believe the season ends in like late August. So I, I mean, I'm gonna be fresh. All right. Okay. I look, dude. I'm here for it. We'll take the camera. We'll record this. We'll see what happens. And listen, we don't play again until like spring. So I'm willing to throw my arm out striking out Eric. <laughs> There, there's only two ways this ends. Eric goes to the hospital with a concussion because I earhole him, or I strike him out. Uh, for those, yeah. for those of you listening, uh, Nick's strategy of being willing to throw his arm out is in effect every time he plays. This isn't just exclusive to Eric. No, this year I, this year, this year I've been good about not throwing my arm out. Yeah, he says as he can't sleep the day he pitches. <laughs> Whatever, it's 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 what we sacrifice. Listen, Eric, if you get a hit off me. Just leave the batter's box. If you step back in, the next one's coming at your ear. Hey, man. Shoot or shoot. Let's see what happens, man. Right. So you get it. You get a hit. Good. Walk off the field. I mean, and if I'm going to take, if I get a hit, I'm taking, I'm, I'm, I'm trotting the bases. We, we, we are, we are going to record this, by the way. This will be recorded and posted to the room 303 account. Also, Eric. If you, if I just want to warn you now, if you step in back into the box, you're already little, so there's not much room to duck. Oh, okay. So we're doing that on the podcast now. It's translated from everyday life. We're bringing it onto the show now. Okay. Yo, if a ball hits Eric's okay. belly overhanging the plate and he doesn't make an effort to get out of the way, that's not a hit by pitch. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Keep talking. All right. I can't wait, dude. I'm rooting for you to get a hit, by the way, Eric. I just had to. You're take rooting a shot. for me to get hit, Eric. Eric, I'll, I'm gonna to get tell a you. hit. Yes, oh. Eric. I'm gonna throw one at bat. I'm not gonna tell you, and then every at bat after that, I'm gonna tell you what pitch I throw, and you're still not gonna be able to hit it. That's cool, bro. I love the confidence, bro. But it's I, this is this is what I do, man. I shine when the lights are the best. I'll so. I'll even let you go to the batting cages, Eric. No zero practice. I'm gonna pick up my first <laughs> bat the so, day we go swing it. So good, and I'm taking you yard, bro. You are yeah. so unbelievably cooked. You're cooked if you're not practicing, bro. <laughs> no practice. You're, We're you're talking about so practice? Cooked. Not a game. You're, you're cooked. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we do have an episode of the show that we're going to get into. So we're going to get into pop culture pick them like we always do. Today's choice is top five people you'd like to switch lives with. Have to be real people. You can't choose Thor or God, according to executive producer E who thinks he's a god now that he's executive producer. We'll be getting into the NBA Finals, which is actively happening right now. The Warriors in Boston are in a one-point game. but it's still a one-point game. Just Golden State took the lead. Um, then we'll get into the Stanley Cup preview, where we have – 
the winner of the Western Conference facing off with the winner of the Eastern Conference. We'll get into that when we actually cover it. And then a few more random tidbits of conversation and with Eric's with Eric's uh, new segment, as well as a question that I just have for the general announcement of the podcast. So the order of the top of the pop culture pick of the top five people is going to be myself, Nick, Eric. And with that being said, we'll get into these choices. And uh, I'll go first. So I'm going to go ahead and take um, – hold on. We're having some technical difficulties. We'll go ahead and uh, – we'll take this minute to uh, – what's what's that? What's that? What, filibuster. We're trying to filibuster. Fill the time. So, Eric, give me something to fill the time with. Uh, well, <laughs> why you got to put me on the spotlight? Pre- Whatever. Pre- pressure, pressure, pressure. doesn't work on me anymore, dude. Oh, uh, we lost Nick. Well, uh, now that he's gone, seriously, do you think I can get a hit on this cat? Because – I haven't picked up a baseball bat since I was like 14 years old. Look, I no, I don't think you can get a hit on if you're not going to practice. No, I'll practice. I'm going like, to get a hit. You hooped much later in life, but I, right now I don't think you, you'd hit a jumper. <laughs> like, Bro, wait, we go oh, to the court right wait, now wait, I hit on, six wait, out of ten. Where all this big time go then? What? Now you wait. practicing? Well, he Why waited you? for you to leave. Yeah. And he, he asked me, real talk, do you think – I could get a hit off Nick, and I said no, not if you don't practice. <laughs> so we were just we, we were just filling time, Nick. Relax, save that. I'm throwing you nothing but Barry's Edo curveballs. You're not gonna touch any of them. <laughs> I'm gonna point to where the ball's going. I'm doing that move. I'm gonna throw the first one so inside on your hands that you're gonna shit yourself, and then I it's my that. Nah, I feared nothing. All right. That first pitch is going to determine the way this goes. If Eric doesn't fucking choke not, and listen, shut I'm, down, I'm not going to give away strategy or anything. But I'm I'm probably not swinging on the first one. I got to feel him out. I got to see what's good. This ain't. I don't have three strikes to sit down. This is. Well, how many pitches are we doing? Ten, fifteen, till I get a hit. Till you get a hit. That means that Nick might die on the mound. Bro. <laughs> yeah. What do I get? Uh, I'll. Eric, I'll throw you 100 pitches. You're not going to hit a single one of them. Yeah, you ever see that? You ever see that movie? 100 pitches. I'll throw you 100 pitches. You're not. You're not touching one of them. This fucking guy, dude. <laughs> okay. No breaks. So, no breaks in between the pitches. I'll throw 100 pitches. You'll straight. throw 100 straight pitches. I'll throw 100 straight pitches. Please, you realize you have to swing a hundred straight times, <laughs> or it's fine. or it's it's a high volume. As well. Okay, Eric, I'm just <laughs> Eric. Just do this for me. Go to the cage and swing a bat ten times. <laughs> I got it. Light work. You're gonna be exhausted. Nah, bro. Nah. Oh my. Oh my god. All right. So the the fans at home are are asking what is on the line. There is a bet. What are you guys wagering? No, no. no. We should wait to see the details to plan this nah, out. I, nah. I, if if Eric gets a hit off me, I will buy him a Boston Red Sox jersey of his choosing. Authentic game worn. Game worn. Game worn. Or like, or like a, a, an authentic jersey. Authentic um, jersey. Hmm. Authentic. So, are you talking about just a hundred fifty dollar ones, or because this sounds more expensive than that? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, no, I no, I, I'm I'm saying like the three hundred dollar ones. Oh shit! I, don't, I mean, I don't. If need Eric, them. if I win, Eric has to get a Yankees jersey with his name on the back of it. See, now you're taking the <laughs> shit that I'm pitching. No, what? no, 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 no. Okay, fine, fine. If I get a hit on you, you have to wear a Red Wings jersey. No. All right, then I'm no. not. Then I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not. It's not. It's not hockey, Eric. It's baseball. That's a baseball themed bet. All right. Uh, let me see. Let me think of something. <laughs> who's the Who's the best Don. Colorado Rockies player? He plays for the Yankees now, right? What? Oh no, he plays for the Red Sox now. The home kid that plays for the Red Sox. That can't um, even name. You can't even name him, and he's on your team. Was it a uh, What's that dude's name? Hold on, man. This is a bad. Look. Was it Nolan? This is a bad look, dude. I don't. Baseball's not my sport. Like, what do you want me to say? Like, I. It's he's not like on I, your team. You signed him in the offseason. We're just, we're just expecting you to know your roster at a minimum. Right. No, I'm not even expecting you to know your roster. Know your stars. I could care less, bro. Until a playoff comes. Like, I don't. It's too long of a season. Players come and go, bro. But you brought this up, dude. <laughs> yeah. Now you're trying to like. Like nobody asked you to name the rock. <laughs> nobody brought up the Rockies player on the Red Sox. You did, I believe. I, I brought it up so I could know his name. I don't know his name, but I know he was on the Rockies, and now he's crushing it for the Red Sox. It's Trevor Story, bro. It's Trevor, Trevor Story. Story. There we go. Yeah. You have to wear a Boston Red Sox Trevor Story jersey. And you gotta wear what? The fucking Yankees jersey. With your name on the back of it. As long as it's Washington or Eric, yeah. Okay, deal. We'll put we'll put E boy, E boy. Uh, that's not Enri- Enrique. <laughs> we already agreed upon Eric or or, or Washington. Enrique, Enrique, sixty nine. Don't don't listen to me, Eric. I'm just throwing pop shots in. Like I'm not part of this bet. I will field the balls, but I'm not part of this bet. We gotta we gotta call up that batting cage that's near us and see if they rent equipment because we're gonna need to rent like. At minimum, gloves and uh, two gloves. What? Two gloves, a bat, and fifteen baseballs, something like that. I'll bring my shit out there. <laughs> You're gonna fly with it? I'll fly with it. I'll put it in the bag. All I need is my glove. Okay. We need a we need a bat though. Yeah. Oh well, you can buy me a bat and send it to me. All right. <laughs> All right, so now that the uh, podcast is officially back on rails, I'm actually, hold on. I don't think it was ever on rails, but, you know, we're back in a flow of sorts. So we'll go ahead and get into what we initially tried to get into before uh, technical difficulties happened, and that is the pop culture pick'em. Like I said at the beginning, top five people you'd want to change place with in history have to be real people. And uh, for those of you listening, please answer this question. Would you prefer if we were trading places with these people, but they were coming to today's era or the way we're going to do it, which is we're going back to when they were alive. Or, or I mean, they could still be alive and you're switching with them currently. It's just, yeah, if you switch yeah. with somebody from a previous time, that means you're going back into that time. Right. So we had, that. we were trying to figure out the best way to do it. And one of the ways we thought about it, which is pretty interesting would be bringing those people to present time. But that would maybe that'll be another one. Without further ado, I'm going with my first one. It's what we talked about all pre-show. It's King Arthur. It's a good choice. So I'm going with that one. I had the first pick. We talked about it all. Well, tell, well, tell them why. Tell the people why you went with King Arthur. Because he has a round table. 
which which back then was the was the peak of luxury. <laughs> yeah, one hundred. My lord, his table is round, and he has an old dude with a beard and a staff who can't stand up straight and says he knows magic. Right. And then Guinevere, you know, and then you know, my best friend fucks my girl. I mean, what's not to like about this? I love that, right? <laughs> yeah. It, you, look, I'm telling you, if that show was on today's TV, people would eat it up. I think it is, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's called The Real Housewives of Camelot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Who's, whose pick is it next, Eric? Mine? Yes, it's yours. A Eric, right. if you said something, you were muted. It's mine or it's Eric's? It's so you're up, Nick. Okay. What's your pick? Uh, I'm going to switch places with... A, I, I don't know a specific one, so I'll just say a member of the uh, breaching team on Naval Tactical Development Squadron 6 on the night of May 2nd, 2011. No further comment. We will now be moving into uh, <laughs> Eric's last choice of the first round. Uh, great, Jeff Bezos. Great, great choice, Nick. Great <laughs> choice. So you want to be Jeff Bezos? Yeah. Why? Because you're already used to being bald? Because <laughs> then I am Jeff Bezos minus the $140 billion. So And the body. Oh, not he did get ripped. Yo, yo, look, yo, look up Jeff Bezos. He's the billionaire I would not want to fight. Jeff Bezos got ripped post-divorce. <laughs> just Google Jeff Bezos, dude. Dude's ripped. It's a solid choice, Eric, because you're coming in with six bags, six bags yeah. and 140 billion. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, dude. Jeff. Like he's got he's he's the that's guy that, that everybody wants to be. That's that heartbreak bod. Is yeah. why oh, cheating yeah, on the kindergarten teacher. He's like, I'm getting jacked. And I got 140 billion in the bank. Uh <laughs> my second pick would be um uh man, this is gonna sound crazy, but I'd probably want to be like the original Rothschild. Eric's is just Eric's is just following the trend here. Oh, that's a great choice, dude. I love that choice. The original Rothschild. You know his name is Bartholomew. Right. Hey, I'm just gonna put Bart Rothschild. Bart. Barty. Alright. Uh I'm going uh Jesse Owens at the 1936 Olympic Games. That feeling has to be incredible. 100 percent dude. Like beating the Nazis in Germany as a black man. That, and he has the, you can't, there's no, like you, there's no other flex comparable. No, <laughs> no. You know, there's no flex. And I can just see, I can just see like Jesse Owens, like at the opening ceremony, just doing that, like that, doing that goat nod. The like, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you, you go learn today. You don't okay. pissed off the wrong. <laughs> Okay, I wasn't gonna sprint hard, but okay, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win four gold medals on the ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One for each middle finger. <laughs> All right. So Nick's got Jesse Owens. I'm gonna go ahead and follow up East Jeff Bezos with Mackenzie Scott. Who's Mackenzie Scott? That's Jeff Bezos' wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best flex, Bobby. Hey, she's worth uh thirty-seven point six billies. So. Oh, bro, I just I couldn't resist. Once somebody took Jeff Bezos, I was like, I'm gonna take oh, his wife. Man. 
That's good. That's, that's really good. I just thought it was hysterical. So my next pick is going to be Michael Jordan. Yeah. That dude fucks. <laughs> Bro, I just want to I just want to be that great at basketball. Also, like that good at everything else. Like, he's like, is he a scratch golfer too? Yeah, he's he's just <laughs> regularly good at everything. Yeah, I'm I'm I want that. I just think that'd be great. Did you guys see that drone video of uh, flying over his course that he created? No, his Michael private Jordan, golf course. I didn't even know he had that. Oh, yeah, he created like he had a like a team come out and design like on his one of his properties, a whole eighteen hole golf course. It's like. It's insane. I'm gonna send the video. It's it's pretty crazy. I mean, you should have been sent the video. Ben. My bad. Oh, like, let's I, see. Oh, talk. No, no. I was just I I I was gonna ask questions, but Eric probably doesn't know it off cuff because he probably only watched that video once. So we'll just go ahead and keep it moving. Yeah, I was gonna um, ask him questions like he was gonna remember that the whole layout. That's a total yardage. <laughs> yeah, exactly, bro. How many par fours, Eric? Right. <laughs> Any par threes over water? Yeah. Does he have a par five that I can? What was the uh, what was the term? Uh, condor. Condor. I want to hit a condor on a par five. Yeah, there we go, dude. It's incredible. Yes. For those for those of you who don't know at home, uh, there are many things that you can. There, there are many golf terms for what you can shoot on a hole. Double bogeys, two over bogeys, one over par is par. Everybody knows that. That's even. Birdie is one under. Eagle is two under. For you guys may not know that if you shoot three under, it's called an albatross. If you shoot four under, aka a hole in one and a par five, it's called a condor. I don't I don't recognize condors on a par six because par six don't exist. I know <laughs> that they don't, it's dumb. Yeah, I agree. So, with that being said, you're welcome for the golf crash course. Let's get into your pick here, Nick. Uh, any member of the 1980 U.S. hockey team. If it, if it just so happens to be Michael Ruzioni, then fine. <laughs> Miracle on ice. And you yeah. have a very American name to score that goal. Nicholas right. Morahan. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's very German, so it's it shows that we <laughs> lent into Operation Paperclip. Right. right. You know what I mean? It's very and nice. Morahan ends with that hard end sound, so you know he was working on the MK Ultra project as well. That's right. Right. Papa, 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 Papa Morahan at the time, Papa Engelmeyer didn't mess around. Yeah. No, we don't. We don't dead name it, Nick. We don't dead name. Right. Papa well, Engelmeyer. <laughs> no, I'm just talking about how they changed their names when they came here. Oh right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was it was it was a high level joke that just missed yeah. the mark. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's a good pick. Go ahead. And, uh, it's your turn, right, Eric? Yeah. So with my third pick, uh, since you took MJ, I'm gonna take the MJ of his profession. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take uh, Stephen Wolf, also known as Johnny Sins. <laughs> now or when? Now you want him now? Uh, you know, between 2008 and 2018. <laughs> I thought he was going to pick Lisa Ann. <laughs> I can't. And then with my fourth pick, uh, I'll probably just go Joe Rogan because that'd be epic. He's got, he's <laughs> has a good life for sure, bro. He has to, dude. Yeah, he has a great life. 
Uh, all right. I'm I'm gonna be a nerd here. I want to switch places with Alexander the Great in uh, 330 BC when he finally conquered the Persians. Man, that's good. at the height of his power. That's gotta be a that's gotta be a good feeling, bro. Yeah. Just to know that you can like <laughs> that you're like literally like you literally have conquered most of the known universe like at the time. Yeah, it, as far as he knew, it was the known universe. Right, you know I mean? right. You've conquered everything. Oh my goodness, man! History is kind of crazy if you really think about it. All right, so it's my turn. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Both you stop paying attention at the same time. Uh, I'll do uh I'll go with J. Robert Oppenheimer. That's a good pick. Now I'm be- now I am become death, destroyer of worlds. That dude had to be the one of the most conflicted humans in all right. of history. Right. Because you have to, you have to be proud of your like successes, like the first person in history, to like figure this out. And you're gonna save your country, but like <laughs> at the cost of what? Yeah, at the you cost of I mean? lives. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, my final oh, pick. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, you have I'm, I'm messing up. Oh, I gotta, you, you pick, I gotta pick. pick again. Yeah, you That's, do have another that, pick. You are correct. You are I just correct. Got, I just kind of stopped. <laughs> I was right. like, do I want to be a BDPL in history? <laughs> I, you know, because I, I kind of want to pick a BDPL. Right. But like who? Like what BDPL do I want to pick? Um, choose somebody around like 1933, like a world leader or something. <laughs> No, I'm actually going to go ahead and take one of my favorite authors um, from childhood. I'll take uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Also a good painter. Started the naturalism movement in American painting. Yep. I was a big fan of Ralph, Ralph Waldo. He, he had a oh, lot. Damn. It's gonna have to go, uh, that's going to have to go honorable mention then. You messed up, didn't you? And yeah, I picked too many people from history, and this one's just golden. So my fifth and final pick, I want to switch uh, places with a baseball player on August 7th, 2007, specifically a member of the San Francisco Giants. August 7th, 2007, that's when Barry Bonds hit the um, home run. 756 home run. Bro, I, I was like, why is he picking that date specifically? Uh, my eyes were like bouncing back and forth. Like I was like, my little dudes were running around right. searching for SpongeBob scene. He's searching for Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Switch switch places with Barry Bonds when he hit number seven fifty six. Yeah, that's a good good choice. I I want to switch places with Michael Jordan, uh, but only when he's playing baseball. <laughs> make sure we make sure we specify that all right let's right. let's let's round it off and move into the next topic eric what do you got for us uh so with my last pick uh, i was a tough choice uh, i'm probably gonna go just because of you know how crazy living that lifestyle would be would be drake i was gonna say will smith pre-slap but i think drake is who i'd go with 
Really? Yeah. I I peg you more of a a future kind of guy. Nah, I mean, I get what you're trying to insinuate and it hurt my feelings, but nah, I'd probably rather be Drake. You know, he's a little more commercial, a little less, you know, hood rat, whatever. (laughs) You want to be be from, from Canada, huh? No, that's the one part of Drake I wouldn't want to be, but it comes with the package. You got to be everything. <laughs> uh, Whatever. So, so, Jermaine, you cued me onto this. I think I picked too many people in history, but an honorable mention for me would be Ernest Hemingway whenever he was living in Paris. Oh, he was getting down in Paris. <laughs> Dude, just, just to be able to, like, be – so, like, one of the things is, like, I've never been able to write. Like, even if I tried to write, I could not write. I hate writing. Like, I could just imagine, like, you're such a good author that women are just throwing themselves at you, and you can't write unless you get drunk. So you've got to get drunk. And you got to party, because it's Paris in the, in the early 1900s, so darn. Woe is me. Woe is me, Ernest Hemingway. Or that, right. that, or, that or Theodore Roosevelt any time in his life. Yeah, he was on my, he was on my list. Him, Andrew Jackson, but look, I Andrew really, Jackson. I don't really want to switch places with the president. Like that doesn't, like, no, dude. Joe like, Biden. That sound, that's, are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't like wearing adult diapers, bro. Like, oh, dude, it, like his public like downfall. But you get, like, but you he, get he, his public oration skills. You just you just see his faculties failing him, and like the internet is crushing him as they should because people voted for this man to be president. Right. But but also like seeing any old person publicly decline is tr- also tragic. Seeing any old person decline publicly or privately is pretty. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm, I'm getting at. Right. It, it's such a tragic thing to witness. Right. And this dude is doing it on the largest scale. And it's almost like a, tr- a comedy of, of uh, you know, it's like a it's, it's like a comedy and a tragedy at the same time. Yeah, it's, a, it's a tragic comedy. Uh, so I was thinking about this, and we're not, not to get political at all, but I am worried about what's going to happen to this man if he ends up having to run against Trump and debate Trump. Like, no, no, no picking sides or anything, but just one is extremely well-spoken. or not well-spoken, but he's, you know, he's coherent and he can make sentences and he's pretty aggressive. And the other one's, well, he's not all there. So I'm curious to see how that's going to work. Yeah, like, I read an article that said, you know, well, this is the last thing we say, but they were like, yeah, Joe Biden's going to run again. And I was just like, yo, you cannot make that man do another four years of the hardest goddamn job in the world. Like that sounds terrible. Like that's how bad we are in America. Like we don't have anyone else who can possibly do this job. Like that's intense, but we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, Eric, go ahead and read the list back and then we'll move into NHL. All right. So Jermaine had the first pick. He went with King Arthur. Mackenzie Ross, Michael Jordan, J. Robert Oppenheimer, and Ralph Waldo Emerson. Uh, Nick took, uh, for lack of a better term, SEAL Team 6, Jesse Owens, 1980s U.S. hockey team, any player, Alexander the Great, and Barry Bonds on the day he hit the broke the home run record. SEAL Team 6 on what day, Eric? May 2nd, 2011. 
the most important date. There we go. And then uh, I went with Jeff Bezos, uh, the original Rothschild, uh, Johnny Sins, Joe Rogan, and Drake. You know, I like these. I like these pop culture pickums, but this has really been my favorite because I didn't look anything up. I just kind of just picked stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of great choices on this. There was there was a lot of good choices. I had one throw. I had a throwaway one purely to get the laugh, but. Did you pick? Did you pick this one, Eric, or did the fans send it in? Uh, I actually picked this one. Congrats to the fans for sending it in. It was a good one. We love oh, you guys, and you're the lifeblood of this podcast. Yeah, at least you're keeping the executive producer gainfully employed. <laughs> right. So that wraps up pop culture pick'em. We'll go ahead and move here into NHL. Uh, sorry, Stanley Cup preview. It's no longer just the NHL. It's Lord Stanley's time. Nick, I know there's a lot of pressure on you right now, but I'm going to hand this over to you. Please do not drop the cup. All right. Like Jermaine said, it's finally Stanley Cup playoff time. The Tampa Bay Lightning advanced uh, to the Stanley Cup two nights ago to play after playing the New York Rangers. They beat them four to two in their series. The Lightning obviously going to their third straight Stanley Cup. They have won the last two. Uh, They will be playing the Western Conference champions, Colorado Avalanche. The series starts this Wednesday. Or sorry, next Wednesday. No, this Wednesday. I don't know what I'm talking about. This Wednesday. Correct. I'm confused because of weird work schedule that happened today. This Wednesday. So obviously the Lightning are the best team in the Eastern Conference, regardless of seeding. Um, the absolute masterpiece that they put on the Rangers after going down 2-0 uh, and giving up nine goals in the first two games. Uh, the Rangers then came, or the Lightning then came back to uh, score 12 goals in the next four games while only giving up five. Um I mean, this is this is. I think I think Gabriel Landeskog for the Avs said it best. We think we we think that this is the start of a new Avs dynasty. But to be the best, you got to beat the best, and they're not uh, they're not playing uh, they're not playing the New York Rangers. They are playing the two-time uh, Stanley Cup champions. So, has anything? I'll ask you, I'll ask you guys uh, this. Before I before I launch into it, or before I launch into my preview, has anything changed uh, in your predictions after seeing the Western Conference Finals? That no, absolutely not. Or sorry, after seeing both both conference finals, answer remains the same. Okay, Eric. Yeah, I still think the Avs are winning, but. Okay, Eric, can you do you have the odds pulled up? Um, so I've been trying to find series odds. I have game one odds, but I know the opening line odds if you want me to tell you that for when the series first opened. Please. All right. So when the series first opened, the Colorado Avalanche were minus one ninety favorites. Okay. And the Tampa Bay Lightning were let me pull it up here. Plus one fifty dogs. 
Uh, do you have for uh, the series games? Do you have like what, like what, what series, like Abs and Four, Lightning and Four? Do you have those odds? Um, trying to get bottle to load. Let me see if it'll load here real quick. Okay. All right, so I'm we're we're going to talk about some things then. The Abs and the the Abs and the Lightning played two times in the regular season. The the Abs won both of them. But if the Lightning win the cup, they will be the first team to win three times in a row um, since the New York Islanders won the cup four straight seasons from 1980 to 1983. Man, I was about to guess that. I personally remember this. And the the last Avs Cup, the last Avs Cup they won in two thousand and one. Um, the Avs have had a the Avs have had a nine day layoff, or the Avs will have a nine day layoff when they finally play again. Yikes. They last had an eight day layoff when they played the Nashville Predators, and we remember how soft they came out uh, against the Blues. Um, it's unknown right now who the Avs are going to start. Obviously, Darcy Kemper went out in game two of the Oilers season, was replaced by uh, Fransos, the backup goalie, uh, for the rest of the season. Fransos didn't play that spectacular. He did enough to not let in more goals than the Avs scored, which I guess you could say is a good goaltender. Uh, I mean... Nikita Kucherov for the for the Lightning has 23 points in 17 playoff games. Um, he's on a five-game point streak. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's you know there, there's there's kind of no debate about who the Lightning will start in goal as well as Vasilevsky will start. Uh, 12 and five so far in the postseason. Um, in, this is a crazy stat in 93 in 98 career playoff games, he's 61 and 34 with a 2.24 goals against average and a 92.5 save percentage. That save percentage is <laughs> the dude is, is almost 60%. Incredible. Like his, his win total is, well, it's probably about 60 and he's ninety two point five percent saves. Yeah, he's been he's been the 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 best goalie for the last six years. It, it, at least when you talk about playoffs, yes, he struggled a little bit this year. What what <laughs> to watch? Just what? No, 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 sorry, no, sorry. Struggled in the regular season is what I mean. Oh, okay. not in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's how I was about to say. Imagine. It's like Mike Trout. We always talk about Mike Trout struggling, and then you go look at his numbers, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's not really struggling at all. Right. It's, oh, that's funny. All right, sorry, keep going. Yeah, so really, I, I here's here's some here's some numbers to know for the Avs and for the Lightning. The Avs obviously have an incredible scoring offense, right? But Tampa Bay has the fewest – has allowed 2.41 goals against in 16 games. It's the best uh, so far in the postseason, uh, uh, not counting the Dallas Stars, who allowed 2.14. So it, it's it's the best, I guess, the second best with, with the Stars have been eliminated. They've allowed two or fewer goals in nine playoff games. Like I mentioned at the beginning, they held the Rangers to one goal 
in their last three games after the Rangers scored nine in the first two. Looking at the Colorado side, I would say that the power play for Colorado, it's at 31.1% right now. And it it has just been absolutely critical for the Avs to to score on the power play. And I really think if the Avs are going to win this season, they have to convert on the power play. Obviously, they went at game three, they went 0 for 4 on the power play, including a 5-on-3 that they didn't score. Also, uh, Brandon Point has not played with the Lightning uh, since game since uh, the game seven of the Toronto series. Also, the Lightning have played in a, have played in seventeen games this postseason, where the Abs have only played in one above the minimum. So you would say that the Abs, even though Cogliano and Kadri are hurt, the Abs are probably as fresh as they could be right now. Yeah, that Kadri loss is a big deal. That Kadri loss is a big deal. He did have surgery on his hand. He could play for the Avs in the Stanley Cup if it goes to a six or seven, they're saying. Mm, Interesting. I think that if the Avs get goaltending in this, the Avs win. You said Comfort's back? Uh, Cogliano should be back. That's your goaltender? No. Uh, uh, Kemper is the goaltender. Oh, Kemper. He is I, back. I said that. I said that wrong completely. <laughs> right. He is back, um, but it's unknown whether uh, whether he will be available. Um, How can sorry, he, be back he is, he is back, but it, he is back. But because Francois played in game three and four, it is unknown whether Jared Bednar, who's the Avs coach, will start or who, which goaltender he will start. Both of them should be healthy. I don't like your guys' coach. He's he's what worries me in this series. Okay. I just wanted to point that out. You brought that up. I don't know. That dude, he just makes bad decisions to me. Every time I'm looking up, I'm like, why? Why? What are you doing? He does have a tendency to switch up line pairs in the middle of the game and do a lot of changes in the middle of the game. Um, I think, and I, I have been pretty accurate with my predictions this postseason. I think the abs will win in five. Now, half of this is I want to go to game five because I'll be in Colorado for it. Half of it is, I just don't think this is the last two years lightning team. And I don't think really the lightning have faced anyone that is the abs. Where the abs have faced a team that was the lightning in the St. Louis blues. I was more nervous for the blues than I was the light than I, than I am for the lightning. That's a generous comp for the Blues fans out there, right? I, I don't However, think I, I don't think I'll, uh, sit on that side with you. I don't agree with that. But go ahead. However, it does seem like a series that the Abs are going to win in seven, doesn't it? So I, look, I think when two podcasts ago, I had a whole big rant about how this was going to go down. The Avalanche are going to finally get the monkey off their back and establish themselves as one of the premier teams of right now. 
not just potential, actually establish themselves by beating the Tampa Bay Lightning in seven. So that is my pick. I apologize to all those Avs fans who want it done in five, but that's not going to happen. One thing that you saw Stamco started getting hot in that at the end of that Rangers series, you saw Kucherov playing the way Kucherov was playing. Hedman got that defense back to where it was. Vasilevsky got his swagger back. Not that it ever really went too far. This is not a team you want to play. No, so. it is not. It is. I, 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 I want to see the Abs win in five. I think the Abs are going in five, but I would not be surprised. Eric, did you ever find those? Did you find that those uh, those series prices? Yeah, so um, just to give you a little breakdown of everything here. So this, uh, it kicks off Wednesday. Uh, the line has now shifted to Avalanche, a minus 185 favorite, and the Lightning, a plus 160 dog. Um, scrolling on down here, um, let me get there. So the uh, shortest odds to win is Avalanche in seven at plus 425 and Avalanche in six at plus 425. And then, or I'm sorry, the Avalanche in five is plus 400. So that's the, the shortest odds to win. So and then Vegas, the... Vegas agrees with me and thinks the Avs are going to win in five. Yes. And then Whoa. a sweep is plus 800. If we flip it to the other side, a lightning sweep is plus 1,400. Uh, lightning in five is 900. Lightning in six is 550. And the lightning in seven is 600. Um, number, of, number of games played in the series – uh, the shortest odds to win is six. So it looks like people think it's going to go six. That's interesting. So Vegas thinks the Avs are going to win in five, but the most, the, the lowest odds for is number of games six? played is six. Yeah. For number of games. Correct. Number of games Vegas, played. Vegas confuses me sometimes. <laughs> it doesn't Why have it to be five games. It doesn't have to make sense, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean that's that's good. I'm logging on right now and I'm buying my uh, my big game five ticket. Uh, really, kind of the the unfortunate thing for a Colorado Avalanche fan such as myself and and I also Tampa Bay uh, Tampa Bay Lightning fans is did you guys see the report that this is the most expensive average season or average Stanley Cup ticket in uh, NHL history? I did not know, but that's good for the NHL. It seems like the ESPN and TNT deals are already paying dividends. The average ticket is going for $1,060 right now. Oof. I looked online today. Four tickets to game five in Colorado, if it happens. The lowest price was $975 for the nosebleeds. God, it's so unattainable. It's just going to these games is unattainable by the average person. I like I. They're gonna pack it. People are gonna people are gonna pay it. It's crazy. It's you think. Let's say four four Stanley Cup Finals games at a thousand sixty a ticket. Right. That's the average. You're looking at these NHL stadiums. They're probably about fifteen to 18000 Maybe a little, you know, somewhere in between that range. Right. So 15000 times that 1060 like. Pepsi, Pepsi Center is 20000 
Pepsi Center is in Colorado, correct? Correct. Uh, the Lightning Arena is uh, $21,500. $21,000. Oh, so theirs is a little bigger. So if it, if it just goes, if it just goes four games, you essentially have 40, 40, 40 what, 84,000, basically? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's about <laughs> – Per game is about what six six and a half million per yeah. stadium sellout, not counting parking, not counting counting concessions, not counting, you know the the Stanley Cup Finals merch, not counting. So just off that average ticket price, they are making around eighty eight million dollars in tickets. That's nuts, bro. That's probably the entire payroll for the year uh, for both of those two teams. Let's let's look that up. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I was just gonna. I was, I'm just laughing. Because of the payrolls. Yeah. So the Avs pay. The Avs current payroll is 58. It's 58 million. <laughs> uh, the Lightning. <laughs> Literal embarrassment of riches is what this game, what these yeah. games are. It's so, uh, it's it's such a pivotal thing for a friend. The Lightning is eighty three million, so it's a little, it's a little. Oh, it, so okay, so it covers at least one team's payroll for the year. So now, so now I have an interesting question for you, Jermaine. So you say that the Abs are going to start this dynasty, sort of like a team you're very familiar with. Like the Chicago Blackhawks. Do you think the Avs, being that they have $58 million in total player salary right now, total payroll, can the Avs convince players like the Blackhawks did to take hometown discounts and trust the process? I don't ever think it's on the franchise. You think it's on the players? You, I think you, 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 on the locker room. I, I think that it's the individual players, not not greed, that's not necessarily the word, but like aspirations, like their goal of what they want to hit right. is, is what typically dictates it. So, you know, things that the that the team can provide is, you know, if you're in a if you're in a state with no state tax, if you have a fantastic human performance. If you have a, a good um, travel crew that takes care of the players, if they like your managers, if the city is a good city, you know, if you have very good fans. So those things are things that the franchise can control. But right. I think when you're asking someone to take less than their value, that that is that can only be answered on a case by case, individual and by individual basis. And I don't want to say, no, the abs can't. Yeah, absolutely, they probably can. But it also depends on the player, right? It depends on if the stars are already paid and if you're you're just trying to keep the role players that, that fill those very important spots. So I don't know who who's coming up for free agents with you, but I know that there's been turnover for the abs just in the last two years. Right. They have creative with some of their signings where they let Landis sit out there for, 
you know, their captain, they let him sit out of free agency for felt like, I don't know the exact number, but it felt like almost two months right before they, before they signed him. So, so just, just to answer your question, McKinnon has one year left on his deal. JT Compter has one year left on his deal. Uh, right now, Uwe Cabell and Arturi Lekkonen, who Arturi Lekkonen has now scored the last two goals to send his team to the Stanley Cup Finals, which is a pretty cool stat, uh, are both restricted free agents. Burakovsky, Cogliano, Helm, Kadri, Nikushkin, and Strom are all unrestricted free agents for the Avs. So I will say this. If Nate McKinnon sets the precedent by taking less money. He's at 6.3 right now. So if he doesn't seek a pay raise from that 6.3, and let's say he just stays there, they re-up him for another three or four years at 6.3, I can see some of those players willing to come back, willing to run it back. So what one thing I will say is that NHL players feel a little more grounded as far as being actual human beings than NFL and NBA players. Right. Where where those NHL players understand that, yeah, yeah, we're, we're great, but, you know, we don't have to be douches to be great. Right. Whereas NBA and NFL, it's people constantly gassing these these kids up and telling you you're the best, you're the best, you're the best, you're the best. So then when they get to that situation and they're paid like they're the best, they don't always respond the best. You know they they think they are the best, therefore they treat people worse. <laughs> so it's you know I feel like NHL has a lot lot more. Um, you know, it's probably because the salaries aren't as exorbitant as the other two. And I, I think there's a direct correlation between, you know, that narcissism line that they cross. And it, and it also stems from how much you can get paid. Because when you're the ninth man on a bench and you're getting $10 million in the NBA, <laughs> you know, right. You you don't have to be a good person. Like you, hey, fuck you. Give me my latte. <laughs> so, I I think it's very interesting. Um, see how the Avs approach this. The only thing that they can control is if they have a very clear, concise, open dialogue with agent and player, and they don't fuck anyone over. Don't say you're gonna do this, and all of a sudden you landed this hot free agent. And you sign him and this other dude is just like, what the fuck? You told me you were going to do this X, Y, Z, and then it doesn't happen. Right. And I feel I feel like GMs of sports teams do that all the time. <laughs> it, 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 it can't be that hard to be a GM, right? Just talk like, to people. Like, it can't like, – you just just be, like, be open and honest with people. Be like, hey, look, we're going to sign you. And if that hot free agent comes in, go talk to the guy and say, hey, look – I'm about to sign a guy that's going to be, that's going to play your position, but he gives us the best chance to win. And you like winning, don't you? Exactly. And he says, no, I don't like winning. And then tries, and then he leaves the team. At least he's going to leave the team because he wants to play somewhere else. Not because you screwed him over by going behind his back. It can't be that hard, right? It's just related. It's like, it's player relationships. What one hundred percent? I feel like those intrapersonal relationships are are lost. I th- and I think it stems from the a GM thought process because 
if I'm not close with that person, then when I pull chalks in a dirty way, I don't feel any type of way. Right. You know, and I feel like GMs have a more like, hey, he's not really, you know, and this is this is gonna it's gonna sound worse than how I mean it. I don't mean it like that, but you're not necessarily a player at that point in t- or, or the person that I know at that point in time. You're an asset to the team, and right. my job is to make the team as good as possible. But I feel like you can very easily do both. Right. So here, here's a fun question before we get into, uh, you know, E's question and then that the last question to wrap the podcast. But who w- ranking the big five sports in the U.S., what GMs – do you think are the worst across the board in in that sense where they don't establish those interpersonal communications and and stuff like that so so rank them so who so do you want to go from from, are we going from best to worst or worst to best worst would be number one so like whoever is the worst and, and you're considering soccer in part of the big five well no i don't not in the U.S. Do you want to I, say Big Four then? We'll do the Big Four. We'll scratch okay. the soccer part. I was like, I don't know a lot about soccer. Like, director of football operation or director of soccer operation. Yeah, I really that one. I really don't know. That one seems the shadiest. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I just I feel like it's most prevalent in baseball that guys leave because they're getting screwed over. I would say baseball GMs have to be the worst because baseball yeah. is baseball is the is the most statistically uh, orientated sport. You have guys rising to GMs that are like excellent, like analytical guys, but I feel like there's not a lot of like player GMs that like like player GMs anymore. There's a lot of guys that look at it that can look at spreadsheets and they can say oh he he hasn't been producing for us there's a lot more billy bean gms now than there are like steinbrenners yeah i agree with that that's a good Um, point so i was gonna say baseball purely because of arbitration right like it's 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 always been like a contemptuous relationship between gms and i i I feel like the, the I feel like baseball has the biggest war between owners and players, and GMs are are just smushed in the middle, so they can't really ever make a good decision. Yeah, not a fair one. No, at least in like football or basketball, I feel like you have a better relationship with your owner because you have that hard salary cap, so the owner can't just give you hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> Like Brian, Brian Cashman of the Yankees, I'm sure is a love GM, right? People love to go play for Brian Cashman, right? Because he pays him. Because he just gets money, gets money. He just here he gets a load of money and he says here. <laughs> and they say I want 100 million. He goes, how about 125 million? Yeah. That's chump change. What's the matter for you? Ah. <laughs> uh, I have to say the best relationship probably has to be hockey, hockey players, right? Like, cause, cause hockey, you, you see a lot of hockey GMs now are former hockey players. So they get it. And there's not a lot of like, Oh, I left the team because of this. Cause the front office screwed me over in hockey. Maybe it's not put out, 
But like, I feel like hockey is the least contemptuous relationship between owner, front office, and player. I think I echo those sentiments. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. And then pick pick between basketball and football. I think football is probably the second worst, and basketball is the second best. Just because you see you see what you talked about before, which was like, hey, like we just drafted. Like look at the look look at the Packers, for example. Hey, we drafted Jordan Love with a first round pick instead of drafting a, a player for Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers wants to leave now. Oh, now you got to give Aaron Rodgers more money to, to shut him up. Like, I don't, I don't feel like you see that a lot in basketball, I but, so. I, but I think basketball players are overpaid babies. So <laughs> that's not incorrect. Basketball players are over <laughs> overpaid babies. It, NFL gives MLB a run for their money. So I feel like MLB has a few of the, you know, the top franchise that are that shady, but the NFL is shady across the board. I just, I, I, I feel like the, and, and, and we, we echo this on the podcast all the time. The MLB would benefit so much from just opening their doors and letting media into like, like imagine a hard knock spring training with baseball where you actually got in the GM's head about who's making the roster and who's not. And you would probably see that these guys are making logical decisions based on like who has enough service time, who's performed in the minors, who's like a hot prospect, right? What, what needs does, do, does their team have? Right. I think if the MLB opened up their doors to media and did a hard knock series or did like, just like released clips of like GMs talking in baseball about like just team decisions. The NFL would be the worst managed because we see it with the NFL. We see how like poorly they manage it. They actively do it on a weekly scale. Look here. Here's how bad the NFL is. Dwayne Haskins, right? The, The Washington commanders did not want Dwayne Haskins. Right. Dwayne Haskins fell to them. So they felt they had to draft him. Vice just not taking the player you don't like. They felt they had to draft him. And because they drafted him, ruined that man's career. Right. You know, RIP Dwayne Haskins now, but like they didn't want him ever and cut him after a year. So right. then you could you could see this over and over again, right? And just you could just go quarterbacks: Josh Rosen, Johnny Manziel, David Carr. Like it happens over and over and over again. Right. And it, it's like, bro, what are you guys doing? Teams are so desperate to find a quarterback that they will reach and overdraft. When you can find someone who just fits fits the position. There are quarterbacks that you could just plug and play. The Chicago Bears are actively doing it right now. <laughs> the Chicago Bears traded up to get Justin Fields. So here's what real is the real kick in the dick. They wanted Justin Fields. So they traded up to get Justin Fields. Didn't put an offensive line in front of him. They kept Matt Nagy. They franchise tagged Allen Robinson, made him disenfranchised with the whole process of playing football. 
to where he just, you know, he just stopped playing. If you watched film on Allen Robinson last year, the man was going 60% speed. And I literally felt like I could hear him mic'd up just saying, don't get hurt, don't get hurt, don't get hurt, don't get hurt, don't get hurt. Because he was trying to cash in the next year. Right. Like, that's how bad it is. You have the franchise tag. You have the transition tag. I don't I don't think in the NFL CBA, I don't think there's any block on the franchise tag. I think you can just keep franchise franchise tagging a player. There is no there is no stop. It's just the penalty becomes much more steep. You know, you could end up franchise tagging for 60 mil in one year. Right. You know, you'd have to do a lot of franchise tags to get there, right. but that that is something that can happen. So I, I just think it's a very fascinating topic. I almost want to like just ask former players right. of of all sports. This would just be a fascinating documentary pick. Just like, sit a, sit sit a panel of like former athletes down and just go. All right, who has the worst GM stories? Let, and also, the way you can do it is you could pick the players based on them in previous recordings saying, well, I understand it's a business because you know something happened there. Right. When someone says, I know it's business first, that's when I'm like, okay, something something happened there for sure. Earl Thomas is representing the NFL, correct? <laughs> to see the Legion of Boom, bro. <laughs> just, yeah, just get all three of them. Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, and Earl Thomas just in a room. <laughs> all right, so let's recap some of the NHL bets. You have abs in five. Yeah. Correct. Who do Vegas you have, and I. Who do you have as the most valuable player? Oh, dude, I think it's Cam McCarr. Let's if go. He, That's what I said the, at the beginning. If the Avs win, Kale McCarr wins. He has been a revelation. He has been a he, – what, what did I say to you guys? This is a guy that has been a revelation in the playoffs when he has def, he has changed the defense, the, the D-man position in the NFL in the regular – or sorry, in the NHL in the regular season. And he's got – he was the best defender – the best D-man in the regular season, and he got better in the playoffs as a 23-year-old. I just want to let people know, if you picked Kale McCarr when we did the NHL playoff preview, your boy called him winning MVP in the playoff preview. And Nick was like, wow, Kale McCarr. I was just like, absolutely. I picked the finals, correct? Hey, we're not going to talk about all the other picks I missed. We're only here to talk about wins. <laughs> so I'm excited for this playoff series. This lightning avalanche matchup is exactly what you want in hockey. Yeah. And it, and it, and it feels very reminiscent of the warriors against the Celtics right now in the NBA. It has that same kind of bravado, the up, up and coming versus the established, you know? Yeah. So um, like we said earlier, Golden State just wrapped playing Boston. Golden State won by 10, I believe. I don't remember the final score. Yes, one by 10. They 104-94. 104-94. Golden State takes the 3-2 lead. The series is now headed back to Boston for Thursday. In a potential game-clinching game six for Golden State on Thursday. Uh, I know we're going to skip NBA and just wrap the discussion next week, but – 
Now that we have five games in the books, what is your guys' prediction for the end of the series? Go ahead, Eric. Uh, Warriors close out next game. Warriors close out in six. All right, Nick, what do you got? It's going seven. It's going seven. Okay. It's, I, I think Warriors win, but I think it's going seven. Okay, so it's Warriors winning. Right. Uh, look, they, they have the game advantage now, so – I'm sure you would have picked it before the before the right. set. Well, actually, Eric was walking around saying, what were, "What were you saying, Eric? That Celtics win the next two, and that's a wrap." Yeah, yeah. 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 That was actually that was actually five hours ago. Eric boldly claimed <laughs> the Celtics win the next two, and it's over. Now this man is confidently claiming the Warriors win the next game. <laughs> you know our motto here on Room Three Hundred Three: Bet the Celtics. Hey, fade us, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so we may tweet Eric's prediction for game seven so you can fade that too. Hell yeah, let's get it. So I'll stop here and pass it over to E. E's going to take us into his segment. Um, There's some confusion in the back rooms of the Room 303 office as to whether or not we're keeping shop talk with E or if we're going a different direction. Eric wasn't confident on the podcast he debuted the name. I'm looking at internal documentation. Still not confident. So we'll call it Shop Talk with E, but uh, stay tuned. All right, Eric, take it away. Yeah, appreciate that. So I'm still working out the kinks on the name, but uh, we'll, we'll get it done. Uh, so Mina Kimes tweeted uh, something, and I kind of want to just chat this with you guys, um, read some of the answers uh, that were sent to her, and then kind of just get one of your opinion. Uh, she tweeted like, um, what's your hottest sports take? And she left this open to the, all of the internet. So there's some pretty good ones in here. Uh, I'm going to start with a field goal that hits the uprights should actually count as four points. Garbage take. That's awful. <laughs> Garbage. Uh, I'm offended. If this is what I have to expect, I'm mad. Right. This is typical ESPN one. <laughs> An NFL team that dedicated themselves to perfecting a wide variety of trick plays and then running trick plays like 50 to 75% of the time would dominate the NFL. Wait, hold on. We've, we, we've done this exact topic before. Is, yeah. this a, is this a new tweet? It says from 2022. I don't see the date, though. The article's from 2022. Let me see. We've had this discussion already. Yeah, because we said No. <laughs> You guys have had this exact discussion before? Was this on one of the episodes where I was sick? On this podcast. On this podcast, Eric. Was this one of the ones where I was sick? No. We all came came up with our own crazy ideas of stuff. And I remember I had the linemen playing tug of war. Right. Oh, now I remember that's (laughs) Oh, my God, dude. (laughs) Well, that's a wrap. See you guys next week (laughs) on on Don't Fuck It Up With E. Damn. Oh, I have a name for it, Eric. Nice We've enough. used this one before on the podcast, too. Eric talks out of his ass. Hey. That shit hey. happens, bro. Damn, dude. Room 303 went Hollywood. We're already doing remakes. God <laughs> damn, dude. All right, Eric. All right. Time, time, to be, time to be the man. Time to be the executive producer. You got to think of a question real fast. Liggity split. Hey, you better right, improv. So, so between all the leagues and uh, the way they're set up with their caps – we have a hard cap, a soft cap, and no cap. If we moved all sports to one cap style, which one do you think would be the best all around that would affect like players, fans, and the game itself? Okay, explain the three, please. 
All right, soft cap, hard cap, and no cap, son. That's that's the explanation. This is not where I this talk. This is, is where you this guys is Bush talk. League. This is Bush League. The tens and tens of people expect more than this. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, that I'll question fucked him up, dude. I'll start. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like – I like a I, I like the NFL's kind of like you you shall you shall not go over this number. Um, all, the the NFL has a good approach also with like revenue sharing of 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 TV money and jersey sales. I think if you had to convert to one one cap style, it would have to be the NFL's because it maintains a competitive balance. And it really it, it puts the emphasis on a good front office, a good coaching staff, and a good developmental staff, rather than who has the most money. Those goddamn rothers. Those goddamn Yankees. <laughs> so the just to clarify before we we get into this further, hard cap is a set line you cannot go over. Soft cap is an established salary cap with um, allowances for teams to go over. Think the NBA style where they pay a luxury tax type, um, uh, you know, fee fee if they're over the, a certain number of that cap. And, and no then, cap is a slang used by children these days to indicate a lie. Correct. And so <laughs> – no cap also lends itself to the baseball model, which they have a number set for tax purposes, right? So if a team supersedes this number, they have to pay a tax, but, in, <laughs> but you know, it's loose. It's loose. Uh, but in fact, uh, there, there is no actual numbers. <laughs> See the Los Angeles Dodgers having one of the fifty million dollars over <laughs> fifty million dollars over that tax threshold, and having a salary this year, I believe. What is it? Two hundred and forty, two hundred and fifty, something like that. Yeah. And I think the next closest team is like the New York Mets, and they're like forty to fifty million dollars away. So, uh, with those explanations out of the way, the clear cut answer is the hard cap. There is no going over. Um, and th- just as Nick stated, it provides that competitive balance. Unless you're going to have just the richest billionaires all be owners and throw money at players, and I don't think we want that. Um, the best way to go is the hard cap situation. It lends, it, it puts much more weight into other stakes of franchises that will dictate success versus failure, right? So you can look at the Cleveland Browns. Their front office has been absolute trash for the last 20-something years. And depending on how this Deshaun Watson situation goes, it's guaranteed to maybe be the next 28 years with how that contract is structured. So it just – it lends itself. And one thing owners can do in situations like that is spend money in other areas of their own volition, right? So you can do what the Baltimore Ravens did in the early 2000s and spend much more money on human performance to ensure that players are healthier longer or can recover quicker. And 
that kind of situation is how a a billionaire can leverage their resources to make their overall franchise better. And with that hard cap number and those resources being established, you know, it's more beneficial to everyone who's a stakeholder in that franchise. So the marketing department can potentially have a better uh, resourced environment there with more, more assets, right? Because the billionaire wants to spend more money there. Or like I said, the human performance before, your scouting department before, how you want your players to work off-season programs, nutritionists, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what can really separate a franchise. So I'm with Nick on this one. The hard cap is the best choice. And it's purely because, you know, like a team in Milwaukee, right, for example, like the Milwaukee Brewers are not going to be able to compete with the New York Yankees. No. Like, it's it's just not possible. The Yankees are a household name and are world known. So they have more fans that buy more jerseys, that spend more games, that go to more tickets, that buy more beer. Also, cost of living in those cities is night and day. I mean, what you pay $4,000 for in New York, <laughs> dude, I... What kind of what kind of crib you think you get for four grand a month in, in Milwaukee, bro? Uh, dude, I don't know. A penthouse, probably. <laughs> I think you get the building. I think you I think you do get the building. Yeah. I think you <laughs> become the owner of Milwaukee for four thousand dollars a month. <laughs> oh my goodness, bro. <laughs> you get a key to the city if you get that, right. bro. And that's not even like like think about like think about what four think about like five grand a month. What does that buy you in Kansas City? Oh, dude, I was just there in Kansas City, where the yeah. Chiefs where the Chiefs play, and uh, I think, dude, the house I stayed in could not have been that, and it was <laughs> already nice. Like I, they had the I, I stayed in an Airbnb, and so the Airbnb you go through the garage, and there was like a whole downstairs like studio, right? And then there was an upstairs where people lived, and you didn't even interface. Yeah, and they and there was probably you know they they probably still saved money. They they probably weren't even paying two grand. Oh, I mean like right, so, so like look at this right. So when I was living in North Carolina, I was paying fifteen hundred dollars a month in mortgage. I'm currently living in DC and paying twenty five hundred a month for a basically they call it a one bedroom. It's a studio plus. Hell no, that ain't a one bedroom. They like I can to- look, I can look in my corner. I've done this before with you. But I can sit in the corner of my apartment and I can pay. I, I don't even have to pan the phone. Now, the only things you can't see are my front closet and my bathroom, like my shower. <laughs> Other than that, you see the whole apartment. One bedroom, my ass. Oh, all right. So for E segment today, we're going to go ahead and take the hard cap preference of the hard cap, no cap, soft cap, not to be confused with all caps. Eric, you good now? Yeah, I was having some connection issues. It was really frustrating. Yeah, we're uh, we're having a lot of uh, technical difficulties today. So we'll wrap up uh, E's question. Um, <laughs> we'll have to get E to lay off the, the Cali weed so he doesn't get – I dude, I'm glad we didn't get deep into that thing before I realized we had done this before, bro. 
I just assumed this was new, a new tweet. And I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, we can do that. I didn't, and we didn't talk about it before. That was on me. Oh, boy. So we'll go ahead and get into the last question. So if you've been paying attention to the news the last uh, 10 or so days, two professional athletes have recently been crowned into the billionaire athlete club, bringing the total to three. Right. So there's been much discussion in the back offices of room 303. And to long story short, this is not a billion dollars earned, which is a threshold that has been hit by multiple athletes. And Eric found that list before. And it might not be total cumulatively, but it was about 18 players, if I'm not mistaken. But we're talking about actual worth. So we're talking about assets versus liabilities and then what the difference is. So. Michael Jordan was the first. Obviously, we've known that for a long while with him now owning the Charlotte Hornets. He's the majority owner. Um, LeBron James was the second to make it, hitting that threshold. Some of the things that he has is uh, his entertainment production company, and he's also huge. Kind of how Shaq built his, uh, his money. LeBron has a lot of pieces where he owns – businesses all over I, I think the most prominent one that comes to mind is blaze pizza and then you have tiger woods who joined just shortly after lebron eclipsing that that ratio and he hit that based on endorsements this year i believe well obviously he's not winning from the pga tour so it has to be endorsements and so the so with that being said the final portion of this is what I was pondering. Who do we think is the next billionaire athlete? Who rounds out the top four? And this is where I'll stop and pass it to E. E has compiled a list to run past us and ask us questions. So E, go ahead and take it away. All right. So um, the list of players that have earned over a billion in their career earnings is seven. Um, I'll go ahead and list those off to you. It's Tiger at 1.72, Cristiano Ronaldo at 1.24, LeBron James at 1.16, Lionel Messi at 1.15, Roger Federer at 1.09, and Floyd Mayweather at 1.06. And then the other one is Phil Mickelson, but for some reason it doesn't show his... He just joined the club by signing that $200 million contract with the Live Golf. But for some reason, it doesn't show his total earnings, but it says he's the seventh one to join the club. Well, I mean, he has, he has millions of dollars in gambling debt, so that probably takes <laughs> away from his contract. Um, so Michael Jordan is not on that list. It, so career earnings, are they talking about? Through their sport. Only through their sport, not like endorsements or anything. No, they else? take endorsements. They take endorsements, but all of the all mo- the majority of Jordan's things came post career. That's the, the, these are active players that during their career have earned over the billions. Once he retired, then he became a billionaire. Does that make sense? So you're so you're asking us what active players are due to become a billionaire next? Net worth, not just earnings, though. Right. Yeah, uh, I just I, I just think that's a, a little odd. I'd have to look at the wording of the article, obviously, but like Michael Jordan, Air Jordan was built during his playing career, but I, I don't know how they're factoring that stuff in. So 
But Republicans buy sneakers too. <laughs> all right, so that's the list of seven, right? So yeah. uh, you said Tiger and LeBron, so we already have those two. Yeah. Um, so you have. Well, so let me let me let me explain. That's that was their their they've earned over a billion, but obviously taxes, agent fees, all that nonsense. So I actually have a list of some of the highest earning athletes, uh, what their net worth is. So Floyd, even though he's made over a billion, his net worth is four hundred and fifty million. Messi, even though he's yeah, made he has a- to keep fighting because he spends all his money. Well, <laughs> I mean that's still a shit ton of money, but Messi his ch- child support payments. Earned over a billion, worth six hundred million. Roger Federer, six hundred for Messi. Sorry, six hundred million for Messi. Yeah, Roger Federer. Federer is worth five hundred and seventy mil. How much of Messi's is taxable? That's all right. CR seven is worth five hundred million, and then from that list, um, Tiger, LeBron, and MJ are actually their net worth is actually over a billion. So MJ is at one point seven. LeBron's at one even, and Tiger's at one point two billion. Apparently, uh, Tiger, apparently, Tiger turned down a uh, what did they say? A um, uh, very significant contract from Live Golf. Yeah, he did. Because my man cares about winning on the PGA Tour, not some upstart league. I I look. I subscribe to both school thoughts. And personally, if LIV makes a more exciting product, I'm for it. But if it's the same boring shit and they don't do anything different, then I'm going to stick with the PGA Tour, bro. Right. Yeah, I usually typically don't subscribe to Saudis anyway. So they just don't have a very good good track record for ethics and morality. Jamal Khashoggi had it coming. <laughs> I was about to say his name, bro. <laughs> I wasn't going to say he had it coming, but... <laughs> what, was he, what, was he using, what was he using? Freedom of speech? Yeah, we have to say that because we are funded by the Saudis, so... We are, yeah, we are, yeah. The lower level ones, though, not the yeah. not the oil money. This is yeah. this, this episode of Room 3 brought to you by Saudi oil money. That's right, <laughs> folks. We sold out. <laughs> You can't see it right now, but Emirates is tattooed across my forehead. All right, so keep it going, Eric. We got Ronaldo at 500. Uh, Yeah, so we have Ronaldo at 500, and then from those seven, that's their net worth. But I went ahead and picked a couple athletes who, off the top of the dome, you might think would be on their way. So Shaq is actually worth $400 million. Uh, A-Rod, $350 million. Jeter, $200 million. Uh, Rafael Nadal is worth $200 million. Or two hundred twenty million. I'm sorry, Serena Williams is worth two hundred and fifty million. Um, a player that I thought would be in contention but is nowhere near is Steph Curry. His uh, net worth is one hundred and sixty million. Um, now let me ask you guys this: for NFL players, obviously it's going to be a quarterback. Who do you think, out of all the quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, has the highest net worth? Hold on. Joe Montana. He's on them sneakers commercials. No. Okay, Skechers ain't giving him the bag. <laughs> Not that big. It, okay, do you, can you give me a rough? T- give me like a twenty-year window this dude played in. Sixty-five to eighty-five. Is it Terry Bradshaw? No. Quarterback. I ain't right? got. I ain't got any of my hair. <laughs> yes, it's a quarterback. Is it Joe Namath? 
No. No, Joe Namath spent all his money. <laughs> Joe Namath. His net worth is five dollars. I don't think I'm going to get this question. Do you have any actual guesses, Nick? He played in the he played in the NFC. Is it uh, is, is is it like Fran Tarkington or something? Is it some dumbass one? Uh, he is a dumbass quarterback, but McMahon McMahon from the Bears. No, McMahon, that's a good one. Seventies quarterbacks, Jim Plunkett, <laughs> Dan Marino. No, damn. All right, I don't I'm know. just trying to name like random like car dealership quarterbacks. So his his this quarterback's team peaked in the nineties. He's uh he didn't play in the nineties, but the team he played for peaked in the nineties. They're the most obnoxious fan base in the world. Roger Staubach. Roger Staubach is worth six hundred oh, million dollars. Six hundred million dollars. Yeah, he well, yeah. it's from his real estate investments, but yeah, six hundred million. The admiral himself. That's fire, bro. And then number two is Peyton, or number two and three are tied. It's Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Both are worth two hundred and fifty million dollars. And then after that, the list is a who's who of nobody. Steve Young at four, Drew Brees at five, Eli Manning at six. Does that John include, at seven. Uh, does that include uh, Brady's deal with Fox Sports? I don't believe it does because I think this was written. Uh, it was written in 2022, but it was written before that deal, I believe, because it was written in February of 2022. Brady got the bag with that one. Did, they, did Brady get his deal after February 2022? Yeah, right? He just got that recently, right? Yeah, that didn't come out until um, close to the NFL draft. $350 million, right? You know, I don't remember the total now. I remember it was ridiculous, though, because he had never called a game, and they just signed him out. Yeah, right? he hasn't even retired yet. <laughs> but dude's still playing. They say, hey, when you, when you finish, though. Jesus. Ten years, three hundred and seventy-five million. Oh, don't shortchange that, man. <laughs> Sorry, Thomas. <laughs> Yo, what? A, so he's that contract alone. Although it's paid out over ten years, so obviously that doesn't just jump his net worth up. For those of you listening at home, but that contract alone, if you just take that, is more than Peyton Manning's net worth. Oh, Tom Brady's on his way, bro. So, all right. Now that we have that out of the way, are you, is that the end of the list? That's the end of the list, yeah. So um, just kind of giving you an idea of what some of these people made so you can put into context. Like, I mean, Shaq owns everything, and he's in every single commercial, and he's still only worth $400 million, So, I, I think, I think to, to talk business, I think Shaq has hit his market saturation. I don't know what else Shaq could do. He's in DJ. He owns chicken places. He owns car dealerships. He owns shoes. I don't think he's getting any more. I see hot carnival, Papa John's. I mean, the dude's empire is just insane. Right, but I think he's just saturated out. I, dude, I, honestly, I, I'll go back to what you just said, Jermaine. Tom Brady, once he retires, is getting just that deal, $38 million for the next 10 years. Yeah. And you know he's going to market this shit out of this TB12 diet program and all that crap. He's 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 going to do uh, the Tom Brady quarterback. He's, he's, he's going to be on everything. He's going to be in every commercial. He's I think Tom Brady hits it next. I think Tom Brady's a fair choice. Um, I don't really have like a counter proposal. Cristiano Ronaldo was the first one that jumped off to my mind. 
I don't know where we can go from that. Right. Uh, like where where the next logical progression is for that. Uh, he seems to be like one of those people that is wired to figure out how to make it successful after he finishes, similar to Tom Brady. So Tom Brady is a great choice. I honestly don't think it's anyone we are currently thinking of right now. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I think one of the next most like the next billionaire is probably it could be an existing player, but I think someone from this from the realm of esports. Interesting. I think someone from the realm of esports is going to take some sort of leap and the way that everything's transversing, the way that they can mark is their name, image, and likeness, and they own all of it. You know, they their streams, they own, like, it's all them. It's all user-generated, low liability costs, right? Let's say you're great at 2K, and I know the NBA is starting up their eSports league. You're great at Madden, and NFL starts moving towards their eSports league where each franchise gets an eSports team, and you sign with something like that. I th- that's where my head is going now because of I just, you know, earning a billion dollars is super significant. That's why we're having this conversation in the first place. And just just thinking about it, like Roger Starbucks' whole net worth is $600 million, And that's based on real estate. And he's only right. at $600 million. You think that it'd be much, much more tangible now so, with, with how the markets have just drastically changed. Go ahead. That, that's actually was what was going to be my take is, is it has to be like a combination of, you know, what you make in your career, but then your marketability and, and, and the big contracts that you sign, Nike, Gatorade, all that stuff. But then it comes into like business decisions ownership like things like that like people forget lebron james is owner of uh uh he's a, of an agency like he's mm-hmm. making money off of the players he's playing against and it's still i mean he did it relatively young he's what 38 yeah and he's a billionaire yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he's 38 but, but like the magnitude of hitting a billion and what he had to do and what mj had to do and what tiger had to do how long they were successful how successful they were and how impactful they were on the culture is what made them so, you know, whatever they put their name on was going to be something that people were going to buy into. That I don't see anybody else right now outside of Tom Brady that might be like that. CR7 maybe, but I I I I think I think he's going to ride off into the sunset and just coast. Mm-hmm. Like I know he's going to have business ventures, but I don't think he's going to be the face of anything like MJ is. I, and I Tom will be on Tom will be on TV and he has got the TB12 method and he's got you know, the lovely wife that's worth $250 million as well. So maybe they combined to hit it, but I don't know if another athlete in the next 20 years does it. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting watch. It's a, it's a very fun question to pose. It's very interesting to, to, to view, especially with just how quickly things can change. You know what I mean? Like Michael Jordan, it took him forever to get the opportunity to own a whole team outright. You know, so he kind of punched through on that already, which is going to give them, you know, which is going to give players after him more opportunities to get there. So it's it's pretty fast. I would wager that we could see one of these three hit two billion before we would see 
we would see someone join the club. Yeah, I mean, once it comes in, it really feels like it just starts rolling uphill. But I will say one somebody somebody to keep your eye on that might hit it, depending on the growth of the league. I think David David Beckham might be a billionaire because he owns Miami. Uh, what is it, Inter Miami? Yeah. And he's got all his business ventures and stuff that he does. And I think if the MLS can blow up and and put itself out there as a major league and his net worth of his team just keeps growing and growing, I think he might be able to hit it. Uh, just uh, uh, because I constantly stand him on this podcast. Um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic's net worth is $190 million. <laughs> and I think if somebody told if somebody told Zlatan that he's not going to be the next billionaire athlete, he'd have it in like a year. Did you see that? Uh, just just because you brought up Slatan, I got to bring it up. Where that that kid that plays basketball in Bosnia looks just like Slatan, and they asked him, he's like, "Do you think you can be related to Slatan?" He's like, "My father's never been to Sweden," and Slatan was like, "But my father's been to Bosnia." <laughs> I love that man. Uh, dude, he's just he's one of a kind. I, I genuinely do love Zlatan, but if there was a bunch of Zlatans running around, I would be very annoyed. There is a bunch of Zlatans. <laughs> nah, dude, that dude's one of a kind. His quotes are just constant. Like, who else refers to themselves in the third person? Did you did you get your wife anything for her birthday? Yes, I got her me Zlatan. <laughs> it's the only <laughs> present she needs. You gotta think that, like, you gotta think that, like, maybe he's like a really nice guy and he's just doing it for the cameras, or he's got to be the biggest dickhead in the world, dude. I, (laughs) I think that he's probably a nice guy, but he really does just say stuff like that all the time, right? So, uh, former teammates have come out and said, as a teammate, he's fucking amazing. He'll, you know, he picks up tabs. He's generous. He's funny. Like. He's very motivating, but when it comes to the media and the opponents, they're like he, he takes it upon himself to like put this image out there and be this person. Like he wants to do that. Like if yeah, that's kind of how I, I think he enjoys it as well. Like right. He's, he's like, look, if I have to sit here and do all these engagements, I don't want to do. At least make it fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's the opposite of I'm just here so I don't get fined. Right. <laughs> like he's like, I have to be here, so at least I'm gonna make it fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, all right, I think that wraps it up for today's episode. Did we leave anything out? Yeah, I'm gonna be the next billionaire. I love it, bro. I'm here for it. Um, anything from you, Eric? Uh, take me along on the ride, Nick. When you do get there. Now, how's, your fluff- how's your fluffing skills, Eric? Hey, good enough for. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough for that second comma, bro, in the check. <laughs> uh, you would fluff me for two commas. Bro, we've had this discussion off the podcast. We're not going to continue it on the podcast. Bro. All right, you heard it. Room 303 first. Eric just needs two commas to be my personal fluffer. Listen, the list of things I would do is significantly larger than the list of things I wouldn't do for two commas. Let's just put it that. Leave it at that. Hold on, hold on. Tax-free? Yeah, I'm, I, listen, if I'm if I'm degrading myself, I'm not tax. I'm not paying taxes. Okay, That's so just... I always specify when I'm talking about multi comma checks, it's tax free. I don't. You'll do it for a million dollars, and it's really like five fifty. Hell no, bro. Doing that shit. Thank you for the government any of this fluffing money. <laughs> Unless Uncle Sam's down there with me, he ain't getting shit. <laughs> 
All right. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram at podcast room three zero three. Follow your host, Jermaine Colon Mendez on OnlyFans to see naked workout videos. The handle is at JC Big Balls. And you know, it's it's free right now. So you can get in for free and, and see the goods that that Mama Mendes gave me. Also, Eric, tell them about your workout channel. Uh, it's non-existent right now, but the workout right website, eSweats.com. <laughs> yeah, it's just me sitting in a room peeling oranges. It's fantastic. <laughs> It's Eric just in San Francisco or in in San Diego sweating. Yeah, he absolutely – we turned the AC off. We put heaters in his room, and we put one fan with little streamers on it so you could see the air blowing so that way it looks hotter than it actually is at the 69 degrees that Eric's sweating at. So, all right, that's another episode in the books, episode 114. You know, any last nickels from anybody over here? No, any last nickels? Oh, don't don't all jump to say no at once. We'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room. <laughs>